are transferring a considerable portion of humanity's last hope. A massive cache of podcast information to this very series. Welcome. If you are seeing this, if you are hearing this, you have learned the truth. That humanity is a video game, sort of like SimCity. Full of nude teens. Do you feel good about yourself? Do you feel that it was all worth it? It is so dark. It is so grim. It is so sad. And yet, humanity persists. We have found something. Something beautiful. Something luminescent. Something bigger than all of us. And it is the end of this video game. No longer do we have to piece together the stories of a bunch of new teens. No longer do we have to wonder what the fuck is going on. No longer do we have to ask who is best boy and who is best girl. We know. We know the truth. We know what it's like to go get a snack after school when the world is ending. And that that world is a simulation. And that that simulation is multiple stacked fake worlds on top of each other. And that that world is pretending to be a time machine. And that that world is an ode to a bunch of science fiction that is in that world watched on VHS tapes. And that that may not make any sense at all. Listeners and hosts, you have done it. So I ask you this question. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Drinkerness. A video game catch-up show. Shit, no, I already fucked it up. I've already messed it up. I've already messed it up. I haven't even had anything to drink uh, yet. I'm, a- I'm AJ. I'm Kim. <laughs> Hi, um, we're going to be uh, drinking today, later. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kim messaged me and asked if we should call the show A Drinkerness or A Sipperness, and then I tried to do both, and then I remembered, oh, I should mm-hmm. probably intro it also as a responsible drink consumption game, and then I was like, I was too far gone there so this is the intro you get this bodes well for the drunk parts of the show (laughs) yeah in anticipation i have on my desk a cooler bag full of coors light the only thing to drink at a drinking game i've also got a cooler bag (laughs) 
It's got the Eagles logo on it. Go birds. Yeah. Mine is not like it doesn't close all the way. Um, It is mine is here. I'll show you. Okay. It's Hollywood Bowl branded. Oh, you can't see it. No, I can't, your background is overtaking yeah. it. I blur my background because uh, my home is a mess. <laughs> so it's Hollywood Bowl branded nice. and it's meant to like bring things to the Hollywood Bowl. But um, the top is just open. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to I had to shove things in there uh, uh. to keep it cool. And I also have in there an ice pack and uh, nature's ice pack, which are a bunch of frozen otter pops. Um, oh. getting, yeah. Getting real creative wow. uh, to keep this core is like cold because warm core is light. I simply cannot do even I, uh, so welcome to the show. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. So we're going to be doing, we're going to, we're going to be doing a, uh, uh, chronological recap to the best of our ability of the game mm-hmm. and, and drinking, uh, uh, according to various rules Kim has, has created. It's on our Twitter if you want to play along at home, but before we get to the actual responsible drink consuming, mm-hmm. uh, we heard in the beginning of the episode, a log, from one Christopher Thomas Plant. Yes, thank you, Chris, for the log. Yes. Uh, we couldn't schedule a live recording together to wrap up. So busy this is what we're doing instead. And the log was great. Yeah, it's a, it's a good log. Um, very much appreciated it. Uh, and the question he asked in that log was, <laughs> was it worth it? Oh, man. Oh, yes. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think short answer, yes. But I think yeah. it's a yes, but it's a, it's another yes, it's but. a yes, but I, you know, it, like, am I glad I played the game? Yes, mm-hmm. I have said I have gone on record. I forget if it's if I've said it on the show before. I have definitely said it to you, AJ, separately and yeah. in the discord that I there is a point in this game when I would have just stopped playing. Right. Not consciously, but because I think it had made me uncomfortable enough that I just would never have wanted to like anytime I thought like, oh, maybe I should play 13 Sentinels and be like, uh, do I want to do that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, but I'm glad that I pushed through mm-hmm. for the sake of the show. And so mm-hmm. I guess that that means that the answer to the question is, is yes, it was worth it. Yeah, because it was it's cool to have played it now and understand uh, what everybody's talking about and to mm-hmm. have um, seen the magic trick, uh, you know, to the end. But, yeah, I there's it, it, a lot of stuff in there that could have. Uh, not been in there that would have made me not feel so bad yeah uh and would not have taken anything away from the game i don't think yeah i fully agree um and i mean even some or even even that stuff aside which like you can't really put that stuff aside because some of it is so egregious but like even that stuff aside i think the game generally has a scope that is a little too big um mm-hmm. like it, it it tried to do so much to varying degrees of success and i think it could have been pared down a bit to be a little more easy to digest mm-hmm. um, and just like less obtuse for seemingly no reason at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, there's all that stuff that you can't really leave behind because yeah. because it's there and it is a part of the game that you can't like avoid Some sometimes for, for long periods of time in the game. But in the end, yes, I, I do think it was worth it. I think to your point, um, you know, coming out at the other end of this, I think that there is a version of this game, like I think I've said before, that is a little bit simpler and you come out at the other end not still being confused about really granular things um, that I think 
would possibly be more successful just in being like, holy shit, I can't believe they pulled that off. And I've, you know, I've gotten to the end of this and have like a complete understanding of everything that happened and everything falls into place. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously that is what it, what the game is trying to achieve is so grand to begin with that, Mm -hmm. that that is sort of asking a lot, but that's why I think if it had been narrowed in scope a little bit smaller, you know, maybe there's a world where we wouldn't have had to, (laughs) you know, ask a bunch of questions in advance of this episode to make sure that we know what we're doing (laughs) when we do this recap. I was honestly really surprised in the conversations we've been having in the last few days on the discord Uh, our private discord, the asynchronous channel in the worst garbage discord and the 13 Sentinels channel in the discord uh, of varying like clarifications and revelations of like what is happening in this game. I I was really surprised, honestly. And I feel like I I feel like I definitely have a better understanding now of the things that happened. I I think at least like like the Mm -hmm. the justifications that were made or, you know, the conclusions that were come to, I think, make a lot of sense in in a lot of those instances. But like if I didn't have that, I think like I still would have enjoyed the game. I still would have appreciated the game. But like if I went to think back on it, I feel like there would have been a part of my brain that would just like make stuff up in order to make it work, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, which is not a super great thing to do when you have a game. I don't know. Um, Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it it speaks to the fact that the writing is a bit convoluted in a way that makes it difficult to like see all of the pieces come together right at the end. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, this game, attempted something that i've like never seen in any piece of media ever before so like yeah i mean wrinkles like that at the end of the day can be you know uh, we're nitpicking (laughs) right yeah it's it's the it's the um the the three houses thing all over Mm -hmm. you know there's parts of it that work so well that the parts that don't work or that you have questions about or are problematic or whatever loom so much larger Mm -hmm. (laughs) over the like really really great parts of the story and stuff i think also this game has way more narrative closure oh yeah um and like you know the big questions we've had we have found the answer it's just sort of like you have to dig back through and like piece it back together with right. the information you have at the end right whereas there are things in three houses that are just like completely unanswered uh until three hopes <laughs> for yeah. some reason yeah. um so yeah i i found it getting to the end of it you know even though there were things that i was still fuzzy on i still came out of it like this is a more like narratively satisfying ending yeah. uh for for a story that's trying to wrap its arms around so much for sure so, yes, it was worth it. Chris, thank you for the question. Chris, thank you for coming on uh, yeah. our, our episode zero and attempting to lead us through this game a bit. <laughs> um, I hope I I think and in the end we came out. We did it pretty well, as well as we could have, at least. I Yeah, by, I, the, by the end. By the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so now in lieu of a, a full on conversation with Chris, just like maybe an hour ago, I, I, I had the thought of like, maybe we should ask people on Discord if they have mm-hmm. any questions or, or anything about uh, about the game. So we have a, a, a short list here. Uh, from yeah. a few people in the Worst Garbage Discord. If you want to join that, the link to the worstgarbage.online is at the bottom of the show notes where you can find a link to the Discord invite. But let's just start. I mean, did you have one you wanted to start with or you wanted to start at the top? I, I was thinking start at the top because I'd sure. like to end on these last couple. Yeah. So yeah, we can just start at the top. Cool. And yeah, thank you to everybody who sent these in. Like AJ said, we we 
like sent out a call for questions like an hour before we started and y'all came through through. yeah Uh, i appreciate it yeah so this first question is from gj on the discord you've talked a bit in previous episodes about how the pace at which you've played the games has affected your experience but do you think having to coordinate with each other to pick the same characters remembrances have do you think your experience would be different if you had been able to choose the order with which you played through um that's a good question and we certainly mm-hmm. have talked a lot about, you know, how the game or how the show affects the way that we yeah. experience these all of these games generally. I yeah, that like I I agree it definitely it required a lot of planning, but in terms of do I think it like impacted the experience? Not really. I you know, I think we have the benefit of I think a lot of the the threads that we found most interesting were we kind of mutually agreed on them. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, if there was a moment where you were like, oh, I really want to do so and so story next. I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I, you know, it, all of for the most part, all of the stories um, with some notable exceptions, <laughs> I think, um, are very engaging. Uh, and so it's it's like hard to go wrong. It's kind of like, yeah, oh, maybe I was like in the mood for chocolate. But like there is this cupcake right here. And that's like, <laughs> I'm fine with that, too. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. There was it never felt like there was any wrong answer. The only time that there was something that I was like, I really don't want to play this was uh jumping back into Hijiyama's story after uh the chair scene yeah but aside from that i was pretty much always hyped to play whatever we were playing at that time yeah i think um i i I pretty much agree and like you said we 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 basically felt the same about the stuff that we wanted to do next time when we would talk about it but i had said a few episodes ago that i feel like one of the th- the the writing feats that this game pulls off is it makes you feel like you made the right choice mm-hmm. for the next part to play. Either that or we did make the right choices every single time. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff to play. Them. Yeah. Um, I no, I think you're right. I think it's a testament to the writing. Yeah, and I think I think it's just like whatever stuff catches your interest and for, luckily for Kim and I it was basically the same things in every scene, you know, we were like, "Oh, well, this scene had A in it, so let's see what A is up to, you know, whatever it was." Um, luckily that lined up for us and I don't really feel like there was ever a time where I was like, man, I wish, I wish I could have done this. If anything, I, I, my, my wish was that like, I wish I could keep playing the game. Uh, Mm -hmm. like I wish I didn't have to stop. Yeah. But you know, that's, that's more so to the, to the first part of that statement. Yeah. The pacing. What, one last thought on this, I will say is I think it actually materially benefited the game when we decided to save all of Goto for the end. Oh yeah. That was, that was really fun. And I don't think I would have done that if I were playing on my own. I probably Mm. just would have been like, I gotta know what's up with this stinky man. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, saving, saving him for the end was really, really rewarding. Mm. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad that we, we did that together. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, so the next question from GJ is, uh, alternatively, if you had to pair a 13 Sentinel with a frog species, who would be the glass frog? And I have my answer to this. Do you? Yeah, I have my answer as well. Just, just for some clarification, Kim and I also mm-hmm. work on a show called Frog, frog oh, yeah. of the Week, <laughs> where Kim talks about a frog for like three or four minutes every episode and whatever, like our fifth or sixth frog was the glass frog, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically just a frog with like basically transparent skin so you can see yeah. like, all of its organs and its little heart is is just like fully exposed pretty cool yeah um and it's, it's a little guy too uh i think my answer is mira oh that's cute <laughs> that's nice 
What's your My answer was mean. Oh, no. <laughs> I was going to say Jiro Karabe because you could just look right through him. You didn't even know he was there. You could just look right through Forget he's there. <laughs> I mean, I think I think both of those for, for two different reasons are correct. Yeah. Yeah. Miro wears his heart on his sleeve. That's very exactly, good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And he also does kind of also blend in the background. That, that boy's pretty bland. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can take this next one as well. Sure. So we actually have a couple of uh, Nana-based questions. Uh, uh, early in the season, I did a bullshit that focused on how my Nana would react to me dating each of the 13 Sentinels. <laughs> um, so GJ asks which bullshit segment Nana would approve of the most other than hers. I, I went back and looked. I think she would like the karaoke segment because she really liked music. Nice. And I think she would like the Ringo segment because she really liked uh, Ringo. Ama- I mean, how could you not? I know. It's <laughs> very obnoxious. She, I think she liked that she could give him back. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. Sort of. On a related note, Ellis asked for updated Nana rankings. Um, so I also went back and looked. I actually think looking back, I, these were pretty accurate. I just have a few updates on Miura. We didn't know him that well yet, mm. so I wasn't really sure. Right. I thought he seemed pretty stoic. Now, in retrospect, she would love me era yeah she would love him because he's boy. he's a very sweet boy i she would she would like him a lot he'd probably be one of her favorites actually uh for megami i said that they would bond over cooking which i think is true but now knowing more about megami and like how focused she is and knowing how stubborn nana was i do think at some point they'd get in a fight um, oh yeah yeah something something about the cooking it's like one of them has their way of doing it and the other one has their way of doing it and sure, it would sure, sure. it would be a problem yeah and finally uh ryoko shinonome we also did not know very well at that time mm. um and i said i don't know if nana would be able to connect with her because she's kind of quiet but now knowing that like ryoko was dealing with a lot of health issues nana would ask her a lot about her health and then use that as a springboard to talk about her own doctor's appointments. Um, and so she'd come, I think she'd come away with a pretty good impression of Ryoko because it would just be an opportunity for her to talk about herself. Incredible. Incredible. Okay. So it's not the fact that she's talking about doctors. She liked talking about doctor's appointments specifically. It's like, she just liked talking about herself. Yes, but specifically health and doctor stuff. That is, that is so like, that was, yeah. Most of my conversations uh, on the phone with her, uh, as she got older were uh, about her doctor's appointments. Or oh whatever my health ailment was, was I love that. bothering her that week. I love that. This next one comes from Chase. Do you think you could have chosen a harder game to cover for this season? Uh, Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> really? I was going to say yeah. Because I think as like... This game from the outside and just from like having heard people talk about it seems extremely obtuse and weird and like hard to parse. Mm-hmm. But I think... You know, once we fell into kind of a a groove in the last like five ish episodes, like five, six episodes, whatever, I think like the ability to play till the end of a person and know we all got the same thing except for Mm -hmm. like one instance with the Natsuno Yuki stuff, like it got pretty easy at one point. It was just like we play A until we're locked and then we play Ryoko until we're locked and then we play whoever until we're locked. And the only thing that was difficult at that point was that we were trying to hit 10%. So we had to stop sometimes in the middle of people's stories. Mm -hmm. So I think if you were trying to like play this game alongside a person, I think if you just say like play this person until you can't anymore and then text me and we'll we'll decide who we're playing next or whatever. Yeah, I agree that that aspect got easier. But this game throughout the season was a lot of work. 
Oh, um, okay. like like being prepared to talk about the like this is a game that is so narrative focused yeah that being prepared to talk about what's going on in the story especially not knowing like what is important in the story sure it made it really difficult to do in a concise way yeah this is also i'm guilty of i really dig into details that's just <laughs> like who i am yeah. um and so I, like I generated a lot of work for myself. I know um, that was probably unnecessary. But yeah, it's that that aspect of it was the most challenging thing for me is like, you know, I moved. Uh, that was a whole thing uh, back at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And there is tons of shit that I still haven't done around my new home that needs to get done because every weekend I found myself was playing 13 Sentinels oh all day on Saturday and taking uh, notes. Sure. Just an unnecessary amount of notes yeah. instead of like you know doing things that needed to get done yeah. so um yeah. for me personally i don't know that if we could have chosen a harder game <laughs> yeah i guess i didn't um, think about the exact like production woes that we went through for the, a large part of the beginning of this season yeah like like the process got easier in terms of like okay how do we do this yeah. but it was still a lot of work to do it yeah yeah that's fair that's fair because my first thought was like maybe a Dark Souls would have been harder because it's not really possible to like guide yourself through a Dark Souls. But yeah, that, maybe would, that be, would be even easier actually because it's just like I went here and I fought this thing and then somebody told me that I had linear, the heart of flame. Right? What like that aren't aren't most FromSoft games aside from um, Elden Ring now like it's pretty linear so it wouldn't be that hard for us to you know nah. what would be difficult is I would not I would never be able to finish the game yeah they're <laughs> like, not like at some point it would just be you telling me what happened yeah they're not super linear like they all have different ways that you can go and like mm. different side stuff to do that just like won't have any bearing on anything and you'll like get an item that'll like tell you the secret about you know death or something but that's like all that you get from that side quest <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think I think at some point it would just be easy to to just like, yeah, I fought this thing and then and then my hand got chopped off. I don't know. And then that's like yeah. the whole episode <laughs> of every week. Yeah. But anyway, uh, this next question is great. Uh, also from Chase, which season of async would be the best kisser? Mass Effect. That is also what I thought. Easy answer. Done yeah okay uh next question from chase if all the sentinels were put in a hunger game slash battle royale situation who's out first and who wins i have a very clear idea of who is the winner the loser is a little bit more difficult for me hmm. i think the winner is renya goto oh interesting i think he's just like a really good tracker and also extremely good at hiding um, because he Ooh. has done research on the exact best way to hide somewhere, <laughs> you know, like the yeah. dude, the dude is researched, but maybe also that's his folly. You know, he can't improvise maybe. That's true. Um, yeah. which I think is, is, is imperative to, to being hunger gamed. Mm -hmm. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but that was my first instinct. Who do you think's going to, who okay. do you think wins? For me, no question. Aseki Kahara. A was, he's, a the, was there too. he's the only one who's not going to flinch about killing his friends. Yeah. Well, he's, he's going to be like, all right, Megami would. That's a good point. But she she did feel conflicted about yeah, it, though. True. She, like, wasn't happy. I think A would just be like, okay. She would hesitate. Yeah, yeah, she would hesitate. You're right. We saw her hesitate. Yeah. And that would be her downfall. Yeah. And remember, she never shot A. That's she had to true. go after him and he she got never away did every it. time. He got away. Wow. So. Yeah. In terms of yeah. who's out first, I think, oh, 
I think it's got to be Iori. That's also kind of what I think. I'm so sorry to our girl, but I don't think she makes it past like the beginning, like the, the yeah. bell is sounded and she is down. She was also, I mean, even in terms of her Sentinel, like she was kind of like a support, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of her stuff was just like sentry gun and guardian. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Yeah. She just doesn't have the firepower, even though I do believe, like, I believe in her fighting spirit, mm-hmm. but A, killing her friends would be very difficult for her. Yeah. B, she just doesn't have the the the, the stuff. Yeah. On a practical level. <laughs> Matt asks, which storyline deserves the most fanfic? I think uh, in, it depends on what you what you mean by deserves. Hijiyama Okino deserves for fans to write them a better yeah. story. But I I would probably read Tomi Nenji fanfic like mm. without much prompting because I just I they're my favorite couple. I think they're so cool and fun. Yeah. Um. I just had I just had it. Shuyuki. No, it was like a solo, a solo thing. It wasn't, oh. it wasn't like a shit. Some, some Goto mystery stories would be good. Goto mystery stories would be amazing. Oh, uh, uh, Ryoko. Ryoko deserves uh, a better yeah, ending and a yeah, better, yeah, 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 you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, she, de- she deserves better. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think it's Ryoko. I think Ryoko deserves a, a better ending. She deserves to kill Ida yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At the very least, she deserves to realize that he was shitty again. I don't know. It's just like, no, she deserves to not, to not have to have like gone back to square zero Yeah. Uh, of like, oh, everything's fine. And I didn't learn anything about myself. Like uh, everything up until up until she she fully loses her memories. We need we need a new ending there. We need a new ending. Uh, Agreed. Where she can <laughs> be a developed character. Yeah. OK. Uh, yeah, that's what I got. Next one uh, from Steven. This is a great question. He says, first of all, congrats on another great season. Thank you so much. Thank you. 13 Sentinels goes beyond wearing its influences on its sleeve and is arguably a collage of homages. You've talked about the game's themes around media and our relationship with media. Do you think 13 Sentinels pulls off its use of homage? And if so, how do you think its execution of homage differs from other media where references might feel eye roll inducing or inward facing? Mm. This is a great question. Yeah. First, I mean, uh, do you think it pulls it off? Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. Agreed. Yeah. And I think it, I, I think in terms of, of differing execution, like, I, I mean, obviously most of the time when people are trying to pay homage or like, you know, reference a material or something, it's like not, you know, straight up, like here is war of the mm-hmm. worlds. Like it's not, you know, so straightforward. And I think like in the very beginning of the game, like when we play you know we play Natsuno's chapter or whatever and we see literally the high Mm -hmm. quads and we get a quote from literally the war of the worlds I think it was almost eye-rolly but I think the inclusion of the H.G. Wells quote really was like oh like they are aware that we are aware Mm -hmm. of their use of the source material right and I don't know so I think I think something about that really just like started it off on the right foot for me and also having like Jiro and Natsuno be a like you know, in love with that kind of media, I don't know, made that stuff feel justified to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's it absolutely pulls it off, at least for, you know, the media that I'm familiar with mm. that it's that it's referencing. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, part of part of what makes it makes it so successful is that you know, I remember at the beginning we were like, this could be very like this could fall into a lot of traps because a lot of the time with homage, 
It's like if it's not in there for a purpose other than to like, you know, point at the viewer and be like, hey, you yeah. know this, yeah. right? Um, you know, it, it can just be like, well, what like why are what are you saying about that other thing or about what's going on here that, you know, these two things being put together uh says something new. But here, I think it's almost less important what media they're referencing the whole point is to reference media because yes. that is one of the core themes of the game mm -hmm. you know we we quoted like three different times in the last episode that line from megami about how you know after they get out of the simulation she says what we felt in there was real and what we did in there was real mm -hmm. you know that that to me is just like a core function and message of of the game and so you know the homage here is there almost just for the sake of being there as an homage. Like it doesn't even matter necessarily what it's saying mm. um, because the, the view of it is so much, is so much bigger. It's looking at it from such a bird's eye view. Mm. Um, yeah. And I think also like part of what makes it work even on a, you know, a, a closer level as you're, you're going through it, like on the ground floor kind of, if you will, um, is because it turns things on their head a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Like one of these, one of the prime examples is not to know story and the way that it completely yes. subverts ET exactly. to achieve something new and really great. I think also like if you just had a game that was Nenji Ogata on the train platform doing source code, it would feel very cheap. Mm. Um, Cause it's like, you're just doing source code. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, why are you just doing source code? Whereas here where part of the fun is like, the the amalgamation of all of these homages uh it's kind of fun to be like oh okay we're doing this one now and like why why are we doing it mm -hmm. and yeah I, I i think it pulls it off really really well yeah it was one of the biggest things that i was concerned about was like <laughs> is this all for a purpose yeah uh, and it very much is yeah. yeah i think that's a great a great thought the like uh thinking about like why is this story being told the way that it's being told? And I think the use of like the ET slash EXT, you know, <laughs> not to know BJ stuff um, mm -hmm. being so like, here is the, this piece of media. We know it exists. Here is how we're going to twist it makes those like Nenji moments where we are just doing source code. Mm hmm feel really good because it's like we don't need to say anything about source code because we're saying stuff about you know war of the worlds and et and all of this other stuff right. we can just do source code because it's fun mm -hmm. and like you will be along for this ride with us you know because because we have earned your trust in a way uh, uh yeah. throughout these other stories well and it's fun too to see uh, like i think almost the way that it subverts source code yeah. is that nenji is not like heroic in the way that Coulter Stevens is heroic. Yeah. He's just like this clown um, who is um, kind of a, being a little shit about it. Um, and I, I don't know. I think it's very funny. Um, and I think also it, you know, it plays on your expectations of um, is Okino a good guy or a bad guy, mm -hmm. which is sort of in question throughout the game. Yeah. Oh, man. Okino could have yeah. been such an interesting character, dude. Yeah, I know. <sighs> Anyway, could have been. Uh, thank you for the question, Stephen. Uh, yeah, that was fantastic. Was really great. Thank and you. then uh, finally from Jared, <laughs> in light of Stephen's great question, I have my own. Big Mac cool and do smash. You agree? Yeah. No. <gasps> yes, I agree. <laughs> uh, I do agree. Yeah, big, I've, there's one thing we can all agree on. Big Mac cool. Big Mac cool. And, and do, do smash. smash. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's all the questions from, from the discord. Thank you all so 
much, honestly. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah. I can't believe that we got so many questions and like really a lot of them very thoughtful mm. in, you know, 45 minutes. <laughs> um, you guys are great. Yeah. There is one question here from Lassie. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. One, Let's throw that in there. Yeah. I don't know if I have Came a great answer for it, but there's a, a, a buzzer beater from, from Lassie before we move on. Uh, or, or last, sorry if I'm saying your Discord name wrong. Uh, one phrase that I feel gets used a lot when talking about 13 Sentinels is how it accomplishes something that is unique to video games in the way the story is told. Do you have any thoughts on that? This is a great question. I do, I do think that it's doing something that... I don't know if it's something that's unique to... I, I suppose there is a world where some other piece of media could try to do this. Mm-hmm. It would be much more complicated because yeah. it's it, like the the thing that I think is unique about it that that this question references is like the completely nonlinear way of playing the story. And, you know, it's like a choose your own adventure, but with like, you know, 10 times the permutation, right. <laughs> say, um, I, yeah, so like I, I think that there is a world where another piece of media could do it, but to do it so seamlessly, I think would be very difficult because video games are a media where interactivity is just part of it. Like it's it, there is always some element of interactivity. And so it is much more expected and much easier to to play with that. Whereas something like a movie, like how would that even work? You know, I, the thing that comes to mind, funny enough, is something like, and it's, I feel silly bringing this up, but like Netflix Bandersnatch. Um, I was which literally was not, thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah, it's not very good. But, you know, there was like a question of like, is this a video game or is this a movie? Right. And, uh, you know, it's that's where the lines really start to blur, I guess. And, you know, there are choose your own adventure books. But, it, you know, in both of those examples, it is still pretty linear it's not like you sort of go back and it's like if you want to go back and and play the other paths mm-hmm. it's like you're you're repeating mm-hmm. the, the the thing the book the whatever so yeah i like i think that it is doable but it is something that i think only video games could achieve this well yeah yeah i, 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 I think thoughts. i think I don't know. I have a lot of conflicting thoughts about this, but I think, I mean, to go to go off your point, I think it's so doable in video games because it is, like you said, it's already interactive media, but also it is media in some ways with no boundaries. Like mm-hmm. if you if this this game is 30 ish, 40 hours. Great. This game could also have been 70 hours and just as many mm-hmm. people would have said just as many great things about it just because that is that is video games, you know, like the difference between sitting down and watching five one hour episodes of a thing that are like super regulated and like, you know, mm-hmm. tweaked it in within an inch of its life due to an algorithm like video games don't have to worry about that shit a lot of the time in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and certainly, you know, you want people to play your games and stuff. But like, I, I don't know, I, I feel like in in a lot of cases, games aren't being made to be played by everybody. They're being made to be played by people that want to play that kind of game. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like Fire Emblem's yeah. not trying to appeal to everybody by making a 90-hour game you have to play three times. <laughs> like they want Fire Emblem fans and then they want those fans to tell, you know, new fans, whatever. And obviously right. that is that that game is kind of a bad a bad-ish example because it is very good in a lot of ways and it's very accessible. <laughs> but like I don't know if I would have finished playing it if it weren't for the show, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um so like that's a problem also unique to video games. But to get back to the actual 
question of like, could this story work outside of video games? I think the story itself could. I think it would need to be tweaked. Obviously, mm-hmm. I think, you know, it wouldn't be the exact, wouldn't have the exact same impact. But I think really where the game aspect is like integral to the, the, the story and the emotions and the themes and stuff is in the actual Sentinel battles. Like mm-hmm. the fact that you have to play an entirely, it's like, you know, you have to play this weird strategy game you know with like bits exploding and it's like weirdly 8-bit and 3d (laughs) yeah like the fact that that is a part that you have to do um Mm. you know it makes the twist that okino copied and pasted the dime you know copy and pasted that code from that video game Mm -hmm. i think it makes that land way more because in like in if we this was like a movie or a show or something if we are watching them like you know, fight in robots or whatever. And then it's like, no, this is actually a video game and whatever. And we zoom out. It's like, okay, fine. That's a fine twist. But I think the the fact that the game looks the way it does. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that it is, it looks like that because it is actually a video game. Yeah. Like, I think that, that makes that hit so hard for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that yeah. is really the thing that you would lose out on trying to do this in a different medium. That's a yeah, that's a really fair point. I will also say I think that if anything could come close to achieving this, it would be a television show. I think the episodic nature of a show would be good. I think also there is a world and here I am giving away ideas, um, (laughs) but there is a world where like for most of (laughs) history, television has been extremely linear. Sure. By definition. And there is now, you know, now we live in a world where you can watch any (laughs) episode of any piece of television anytime you want to. I think that there is, there is something interesting in the thought of like a non-linear television show where it's like these episodes are not in order you can watch them in any order you want to and then you know eventually the story will come together in some final episode that you watch at the end or something i don't know yeah somebody get quibi back on the phone this is a perfect use of quibi (laughs) no not quibi this would honestly though this would be a perfect use of quibi 13 Uh, seconds could be a quibi we finally god we finally found found out how to do quibi isn't quibi dead now didn't already die he died in like three months yeah uh, unfortunately, Quibi, the uh, rest in peace, 10 minute episode streaming app that you were supposed to pay like $90 a month. It wasn't that much, but it was too much to watch like Chris Hemsworth or, or sorry, Liam Hemsworth, like jump out of a burning building for 10 minutes. Um, anyway, 10 whole minutes. Uh, thank you, Lassie, for that final question. Uh, and thank Great you, question. everybody else, for your questions. Hey, everybody. Uh, AJ and Kim, from about four hours from now, we are less than sober. Um, If you plan on listening to (laughs) our uh, responsible liquid consumption game, 13 Sentinels Aegis Gin, Mm -hmm. uh, really, really, really sincerely, we would like to recommend that you're using something with a low ABV. I So I did this with Coors Light, and I think that's kind of the way to go. Uh Pick a light beer. Or maybe like a, like a, a, what's it called? A White Claw. I'm doing a really good job. (laughs) Yeah, you're doing great. Yeah, something, something with a low ABV, something below five. I would say and because Kim is is nine Coors Lights deep okay I'm, no don't do a white claw because that's eight percent don't oh, do Jesus a white Christ. claw eight don't percent? do a white claw do not do, do a white light chase, beer chase chase 
put Chase, down the white listen claw. Listen to me. Put down the white claw. <laughs> um, anyway, look, we just wanted to to put that little warning there. It it, it gets pretty wild uh, because you'll like see to, and take small sips. Also, yeah, take small sips. The the, the episode just pres- or just pros- at some point decide that you've reached your limit and stop. Yes, please. Be, uh, because I, if if you'll notice. Uh, the episode immediately preceding this one is <laughs> is 13 Sentinels Aegis Jin, uh, and it is probably about four hours long. So it's it's kind of a gauntlet. But I will say it's the, the going chronologically through these events was more rewarding than I thought it would be. It, yeah, it actually is um, uh, helpful to see it all laid out. A lot of yeah. things make a lot of sense uh, yeah. when you see them in order. Also, this was very fun. Uh, but yeah, it's a fun definitely time. Definitely please, drink responsibly. Please. Like we're I I go very hard here because I know my limits. Yes. Uh, nobody should do what I do. <laughs> I will say that. There you go. If you, in general, as life advice, do the opposite of what I do. Yeah. And I think you'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, and if if <laughs> if listening to people uh, drink makes you uncomfortable, fully understood. No obligation to listen to yeah. the Aegis Gin episode. Thank you so much for listening to this one. Thank you for listening to this season. We'll be back in two weeks with our next season. That's that's it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you're listening to Aegis Gin, Godspeed. Please remember, low ABV. Um, yeah. And 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 have have fun and be in a safe space, please. Responsible, safe, fun. Thank you. Okay. Don't go- drive. Goodbye. Bye. PWG, the worst garbage, the online.